Looking for work, better pay, better work environment? We can help. Call Kelly Jobs today at 502-425-7131 to speak with a recruiter today. Score a better job with us. Call 502-425-7131 or visit kellyjobs.com. That's kellyjobs.com. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. You're listening to Dan Issel and Louis Rabot on ESPN 680 and 1057. Now, here's Dan and Louis. All right, welcome back in. 11 o'clock hour here on Issel and Louis. We're taking you up until noon on ESPN 680, 1057. Bobby V after us. And then, of course, first replay, 3 o'clock. Sweezy and Streetle taking you until 6, 7 to 6 every single day. Local programming here on ESPN 680, 1057. Second hour of the show brought to you by our friends at Delta Dental and DeltaDentalKY.com. If you are a dentist and you are listening, number one, thanks for hanging out. Number two, check out the Dentist Tools tab at the top of the webpage. Expand your client base at DeltaDentalKY.com. And, of course, if you're shopping just for your family or for your employees, you can check out all the plans available at DeltaDentalKY.com. We welcome in Jay Davis from Cranes, Detroit. Jay, I, um, I have lots of things for you today. And um, you doing okay? Yeah, I'm good. Good, good, good. Um, I I have to start with something a little somber because it affected both of us, and and that was the the shooting at Michigan State. And I told Dan the other day that I actually couldn't emotionally turn on the basketball game against Indiana the other night. Have you been able to watch them play basketball? Uh, You know what? I watched just – well, Saturday in particular – um, I went into that game, you know, just thinking, how can they be doing this? And you know, it was one of those. It was one of those things where I just thought, you know, if they lose by thirty, I totally understand. I said, I said, emotions either going to carry them to a win or they're going to lose by thirty. And you know, it didn't end up being that bad, but they lost. It was whatever. Um, I don't know why they couldn't get that game. I mean, I know it would have been hard to get get games in a week schedule with what two weeks left in the regular season. Yeah. Actually there's only a week left in the regular season now, but I understand they had to play, but I just, you know, I can't, you know, fathom how those guys went out there and, um, you know, were able to play, uh, you know, last Saturday and then Tuesday, I wasn't sure what to expect from a home crowd, you know, just in terms of, you know, how do you, you know, you have this game where I guess it's kind of a distraction for, you know, everybody on campus, everybody involved, but, <laughs> You know, just having that on your back as a, you know, an 18, 19, 20-year-old kid that we're going to play and all these people are kind of looking toward us to kind of give them, you know, a distraction or a boost based on what happened. So I don't don't know how they did it. You know, it was nice that they won. You know, I'm glad it won. But, you know, all that stuff seems secondary right now. Yeah, what I didn't want to happen, and I talked about this with Dan J. Davis with us at jdavis underscore 1981 on Twitter from Cranes Detroit in his usual spot here on Thursday. What I didn't want to happen was them miss the tournament because of this horrible event. 
and be the team that yeah. broke the streak and, and somehow like it goes into the footnotes that this horrible thing happens and then the kids fall apart. So I'm with you. I'm, I'm happy that they got that win on Tuesday because I think it solidified them. You know, if they can win one or two of the last couple of games here, they're going to be fine. Yeah, you know, part of that was, uh, you know, that Minnesota game, you know, had they lost, it wouldn't have, had they lost, it would have been much worse for them than it would have been good for them had right. they won. But, right. you know, being that they're, you know, they're they're going to finish above 500 in the league. They have, you know, they had their at Iowa, they have two road games left. It's at Iowa and at Nebraska. And then they have Ohio State for the last game of the season. They sh- they should win two of those three. You know, I don't. I'm not trying to put any pressure on them or anything like that. Sure, no, they should. But, you know, yeah. just just looking at you know the competition that they have. But yeah, I think I think the streak to be intact. All the projections I see have them as a seven eight seed now. So you know that that says that they're firmly in the field. But you know, again, just for them knowing you know Saturday and particularly Tuesday that people would be looking to them for. You know, some hope, some solace. You know, some you know, just kind of even more so a distraction based on what happened. Just it's it's they they should be kind of applauded for even you know going out there and competing the way they did in Saturday and Tuesday. Jay, I couldn't agree more, and Louis couldn't watch the Indiana game, and I'm I'm sorry that he didn't because you know there are oh multiple <laughs> examples. Uh, of sports kind of lifting us up out of a tragedy. And I thought Michigan State, from from Coach Izzo to the players to the fans, I thought they could not have handled that game Tuesday night any better. Absolutely. You know, it was just, you know, they did it. The the first thing you see when you, you know, you turn it on is is those empty seats and you're like, Wow, you know that you know it just kind of brings it back, you know, to the to the front of your mind. You know, obviously it hasn't left, but you know they you see this they're they're leaving eight seats blank for, you know, the three people who you know who were killed, the five people who were injured, one of the people who was injured, you know, was paralyzed from I believe the neck down now, um, you know, and then you you see you know Izzo talks you know during the ceremony last week right after it happened, you know these they put out these shirts. You know the Spartan Strong search, which I did that game Tuesday. Um, it's just you know I read this column last week from uh, I believe it was the Atlantic. I can't remember the author's name, but he graduated from Michigan State and he talked about how you know at any point, any day, there's fifty thousand people on campus, but it feels like just a small family, and that's kind of you know come true the last you know couple last week and a half. I, I read a story. Uh, I think part of that story was there was a girl in the union. Oh no, she she was in the, either in the union or in Berkeley Hall when one of the shootings broke out, and she's by herself and she jumps out of this window. Mm. And these two girls that she that she doesn't know from Adam, she she has no idea who they are. They you know they pick her up and carry her to her you know to their friend's apartment, and you know you just read stuff that you just lose it because it's like you know wow you know as bad as the world seems, stuff like that happens and it gives you some hope. Jay Davis with us. All right, let's take a uh, let's take a left turn and talk about some sports. Uh, we mentioned um, Michigan State and them sort of shoring up their their resume. Kentucky seems to be doing the same down here. Um, a, a a league mate of theirs is Alabama, and that is the big story this morning on uh, on First Take and all these sorts of shows on ESPN. Does Jay Davis have a Brandon Miller take? Um, do you think if he were playing at Michigan State? 
and this sort of thing had happened, you would have a different feeling than you do? Or, or what do you, what, what's your take on Brandon Miller at this point? Um, you know, just based on what happened and his involvement or lack thereof, I, I, I don't know. It's hard to say, you know, because you, you hear Nate Oates talk and the Alabama AD did a podcast with yeah. Davis where he said he met with legal counsel and the athletic, you know, and, and the president of the school and Nate Oates. You know, so if, if they're taking all these steps to, you know, ensure he can play, I don't have a problem with that. One thing that, you know, people will say is, you know, he's one of the best players in the country. He's probably the best player who's ever played basketball at Alabama. And, um, you know, they're right, right now they're number one seed in the tournament. This is one of the best seasons in program history that he might be receiving preferential treatment. Um, I understand where, they, where people would be coming from with that, but if, if you're taking all these steps – like I said, with meeting with legal counsel and, you know, he hasn't been charged with anything. I, I, I guess it was okay for him to play, but I wouldn't have had a problem if they told him he couldn't play last night. I mean, I know that kind of seems like I'm straddling the fence, but I see both, I can see both sides of where, you know, the school would be coming from if they, you know, if they decided not to let him play tonight, last night, excuse me. Do you think this hurts his NBA stock at all? No. Um, you know, there's been <laughs> all kinds of guys through the years that have, you know, had similar things happen or, you know, maybe even worse. And, you know, they they still get drafted. But, I mean, that's what the whole process is about. You know, he's going to get drafted in the top five, probably top three. So, you know, whatever team has that pick, those first three picks, they have to do their due diligence, you know, to – find out about him and you know we won't we won't know if it has hurt his stock until june but at this point you know he's still playing um he hasn't been charged with anything so you know i don't i don't think it's just based on that i don't think it should hurt his stock jay have you ever uh had a darkness retreat no <laughs> i don't think i've had a reason to have one of those i don't know uh, i don't know i don't know if i was making if i was making 60 million dollars a year i don't know if i need one either What's what? What's this? I, I mean, quite frankly, I don't even know why I brought it up because I'm tired of Aaron Rodgers. But <laughs> what? Where? Where? Where do you see Aaron playing, if at all, this year? He will be in Green Bay. Uh, he signed that extension. He's got all this guaranteed money. He, he's going to be back with the Packers. This is one of those things. Like so, last year at the All Star break, the Lakers weren't good, just like this year, and that's when LeBron you know, made that comment because they were in Cleveland about, yeah, I might come back to Cleveland. That's LeBron wanting to stay at the forefront of the news cycle. And when Aaron Rodgers goes on Pat McAfee's show and, you know, talks about, you know, different things and talks about, uh, <coughs> excuse me, darkness retreats and talks about not wanting to play anymore and retiring, that's him wanting to stay at the forefront of the news cycle. He just, he likes the attention. And I think that's all it is. You know, you know, he can do his darkness retreat for whatever reason, but I think part of the reason why he makes because, I mean, why do you have to tell somebody you're going on this darkness retreat? If you want to take some time away to think about your future, that's all you have to say. You know, he didn't have to say, I'm going to be in this cave in the dark for four or five days. I, I think I think he's laughing his tail off. I read this morning that he could turn the lights on inside anytime he wanted. Uh, I, I I wondered if if there was Wi-Fi in there. I, I'm guessing he was sitting in there with the lights on, reading a book, or or being on the uh, the computer the whole time. I think I think he's just playing us like a fiddle. 
Who do we yeah, trust yeah. more, the results of a dark retreat or blue of Earth? <laughs> Neither. <laughs> Dan, do you remember Blue of Earth? I sure do. <laughs> you damn right. I you do. sure do. <laughs> Jay yep. Davis with us. Yep. I do have to ask. Do you think this is crazier the two of you? I want to ask because I was thinking about this, and I and I I think Jay's probably right that this is about staying in the news cycle and staying relevant, and you know having people say no, no, please stay in with you know pl- stay in Green Bay, blah blah blah. If Lamar Jackson came out because he's another guy that's you know he's probably going to get franchise tagged or something like that. And he said, hey, I went home to Miami for two days, and I stayed with my my childhood pastor, and God spoke to me and told me not to go back to Baltimore. Is that crazier? Because we hear players say that all the time. God spoke to me. Is that crazier than doing a dark retreat or, or the same, or is the dark retreat crazier? I mean, just the concept of the dark retreat is crazier. That, yeah, okay. That, okay. The, whole okay. Thing with Lamar is, the whole thing with Lamar is interesting, too. You know, outside of the fact that, you know, he doesn't have an agent. But, um. And by the way, I want to be clear. Lamar hasn't said any of those things. I'm giving a scenario based on a guy yeah, who's yeah. local and he's got a free agent deal and blah, blah, blah. Yes. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens. You know, there's, there's two type of franchise tags. There's like the non exclusive yeah. where, you know, you, it's like $10 million less between the non exclusive and the exclusive. The non exclusive, you get like 32 or $33 million guaranteed this year, but you can negotiate with other teams and, I think the compensation, if you decide to sign with somebody else, is just, it's only two first-round picks, and he's worth more than that. Right. So I don't know why they would do that. The non-exclusive, excuse me, the exclusive is like $43 a year, and he can't negotiate with anybody else. So I don't know where this is going to go. But there's a lot of guys, you know, Jalen Hurts is up for more money. Uh, Joe Burrow can sign an extension. Justin Herbert can sign an extension. I don't know if Lamar's going to wait for that, mm. but, you know, if, if that's what happens, you know, that's I don't, I don't know what's going to happen with Lamar. Lamar's my player, um, but I just I just I don't know what's going to happen. You know, I don't know if he's going to wait till those other guys sign. I don't know what the Ravens are going to do. They brought in a new offensive coordinator. So no matter what, he's going to be learning a new system, you know, so I don't I don't really know what what he should do. <clears throat> Jay, what about what about Carr? Uh, it, all of a sudden, this guy, people are talking about this guy like he's the second coming of Johnny Unitas. I believe he had a losing record with the with with the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, do you see him going to the Jets, or are the Jets going to first wait and see what happens with Rodgers? Well, the talk is, I think. The, all the talks around him is because he plays quarterback in the NFL. You know that's that's really all it is. He's uh yeah you're right. He's 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 16 games under 500 with the Raiders. I think they went to the playoffs like twice with him. Um, you know I heard some report that he met with the Jets and they said if he came to New York he'd be a hall, he'd be a first ballot Hall of Famer. <laughs> um, but yeah you know he's 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 just okay. I don't think he's that great. Um, like I said, the team's had one really good year since he got there. That was his third year. Um, I, I don't know why all the interest. I don't really think there's that much interest in him. I think, again, it's, it's a news cycle thing where there's a quarterback who got released, who's, who's a veteran in the league. There's some teams that need some quarterback help. I mean, that's why everybody's talking about the Jets for these two guys, you know, because the Jets quarterback situation was awful last year. You know, they pretty much, I don't care what Robert Sala says, they've given up on Zach Wilson. Um, Mike White's the third-string quarterback. Joe Flacco is, you know, at best a backup. So they do need quarterback help. But, I mean, you got to – if going to the Jets, you have to remember you're in a division with Josh Allen. 
You're in the same conference right now as Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Pat Mahomes. So how much better are you going to make that, you know, make that team? I think, I think that's a ready-made team, but it's just the position they're in and the conference they're in and the time they're in with all these great young quarterbacks that I'm not sure, you know, if Aaron Rodgers or Derek Carr would, would make them that much better. All right, Dan took us down the NFL route. He's Jay Davis hanging out with us, by the way, in his usual 11 o'clock spot here on Thursday on ESPN 680-1057. It's a little movie. We're taking you up until noon. You'll get Bobby V then. Um, on the NBA side, how how win, how win how much is it championship or bust for the Suns now that they've traded for Durant? It's, they have to win a title in the next two years. That's, I agree. that's really all there is to it. Um, and, you know, the thing about it is, is you know, he, he this trade goes down. And there's a lot, there's some people saying, you know what, we don't we don't know how good they are because of depth. But people in the playoffs, everybody's playing a seven or eight man rotation unless someone gets in serious foul trouble. And he's a he's a you know he's a ceiling raiser. That that's what he is. You know, he went to, he goes to Golden State. They're instantly the favorite for the title. Even all even through all the craziness that happened in Brooklyn, they were always one of the one of the favorites to win the NBA championship. And now he goes to a team where now Devin Booker, who's a guy who's scored 70 points in the game, who's played well in the finals, is now, you know, the second banana, you know, to Kevin Durant. Um, you know, there's a, that's another guy that can run the offense, you know, with Chris Paul needs a break, you know, because he's 37 years old and his body tends to break down in the playoffs the last couple of years. Um, you know, DeAndre Ayton's probably going to benefit from this more than anybody because, you know, if they let you know Phoenix in their half court offense, Chris Paul's at the top of the key. You have Booker and Kevin Durant on the wings. You can't double DeAndre Ayton anymore because somebody's wide open, and one of those wide open guys is probably like one of the best, probably the best mid range shooter in the league. So I, I think I think they should be the favorite to win the championship. That's how good Kevin Durant is. That's how much a difference he can make. Uh, Jay, during the All Star break, uh, the um... Uh, the commissioner said he didn't have a problem with load management. Where do, where do you come down on, uh, on on these great players missing multiple games every year? I think it's I, – I don't, I don't like it, but I don't hate it. You know, the thing I hate about it is, you know, when guys miss, you know, where they're not playing. If, if it's a back-to-back, I understand, but – I think that's part of the reason the league cut the back-to-backs in half was to cut down on low management, but they've cut back-to-backs in half and it still doesn't seem to be working. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I, there needs there needs to be something written in, you know, with like awards like All-NBA or MVP that you have to play at least 65 games, you know, to be considered for these awards. And then I think that would change it, you know, because all of those awards, there's, there's incentives, you know, tied into it. You know, you make All-NBA – you know, in your first few years of the league, you're eligible for like a super max extension, you know, at the end of your rookie contract. Um, you know, if you're in the league 10 years, you know, you get, you can sign for 30 or $4 million because you're an all NBA performer. So there needs to be some, some games limit tied into those awards, I think. Yeah. And you mentioned the MVP. I was shocked. I saw a straw poll the other day where uh, Jokic got 77%. Now they didn't, you know, they didn't poll everybody, but I, I thought that was an awful high number. Only three people have won three consecutive MVPs, yeah. and they and, <laughs> and they, they won they won a bunch of NBA championships during yeah. that run. 
So yeah, is no Jokic worthy of a three straight year MVP winner? Well, those three guys are three of like the six or seven best players ever: Bill Russell, Will Chamberlain, and Larry Bird. Larry Bird's the last one who did it. Um, I, so this is the thing, you know. Jokic is putting up a he's he's having a great year. He's had three straight great years. Um, but you know, people talk about last year how he carried that team. They finished sixth. They lose in the first round of the Warriors, but they had all those injuries. Milwaukee's been dealing with the same thing all year. And Giannis is Giannis is like the first player to put up thirty points, ten rebounds, five assists on fifty percent shooting since Will Chamberlain. So why isn't Giannis the MVP? In that poll, Giannis only got eleven votes. Right. Um, Joel Embiid, I think Joel Embiid, I think only got three. So I don't have a problem with people thinking Jokic is going to win the MVP. I just don't like the margin. But if I were voting for MVP right now, I'd pick Giannis because you know Giannis has already done it. Giannis has the two MVPs. He's carried the team to a championship. He's got that that game six in the 2021 Finals is one of the you know all time great performances in a championship clinching game. I know you know Denver's had success. Jokic is really good in the playoffs, but I mean, you know, if he wins, that's the clock's going to start, you know, for people to start saying, hey, you know, he he needs to win a championship. Is, is, is Nikola Jokic overrated? I think that's why people, you know, look back at Steve Nash's back-to-back, you know, MVP wins as, as something like that, you know, because Phoenix didn't get Phoenix didn't even get to the finals. Jay Davis with us at Jay Davis underscore 1981 up there at Cranes Detroit hanging out with us today. We will have Bucks uh, Suns at 1230 on ESPN 680-1057 on Sunday. So if you're uh, driving around Sunday afternoon, uh, we'll have some NBA for you here on our air. We're going to do a culture segment for the first time in a little while, Jay, after we hang up with you. And it's about the Pizza Hut red roof going away and the play space at McDonald's (laughs) going away. What old school, classy fast food thing do you miss? Uh... The buffet at Pizza Hut. I don't oh, think yeah. they do that anymore. Oh, you know, the oh. buffet at Pizza Hut. It was like it, when we were younger. It was like five dollars, and <laughs> you know, you could you could eat there like home rate at that that uh, that seafood or Chinese buffet. You could just eat there until you passed out. <laughs> you know, they had the dessert pizza. They oh, had yeah. the, the cinnamon. They had the cinnamon bread, the salad if you wanted the salad. You know, you could get all the all the pop you wanted. It, that, that Pizza Hut buffet was awesome. My favorite was the Jack in the Box. They had that great big, great big box way up in the air with the puppet uh, jumping out of the the top of it. That was my that was my favorite. Oh man! Another thing I miss, and I know this is a super local thing, is you know Little Caesars used to have the the pan pan that came in like it came on a piece of cardboard wrapped in a bunch of paper. And I, I always loved that, too, for some reason. I just thought it was the coolest thing that they gave you two pizzas wrapped in paper. <laughs> that was Little Caesars, baby. Um, yeah, no, it's, 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 a, it's, a funny, it's a funny article, actually. I really appreciate it. I think my favorite is, I've, and they're still around, is, is the big boy, like, in the suspenders, you know, like, in the, in the overalls, like, carrying. Holding the tray. Yeah, holding the tray. Like, I, yeah. I just, I think that's goofy and good. Like, I like it. You know what I mean? I think it's good. <laughs> Oh, man. That was silly. All right. Well, uh, is there a fast food item that's no longer on the menu that you miss? Uh, hmm. Well, they brought the Mexican pizza back to Taco Bell. Uh, no, I mean, all the good stuff is still around. <laughs> you know, there, there's a reason why it's good. You know, quarter pot with cheese is great. Uh, I think Wendy's has the best spicy chicken sandwich still. Um, yeah, yeah, like all the, all the stuff that I like is still around. The best fish sandwich, I think – 
is actually Arby's, which is okay. really interesting because when you think of Arby's, you think of roast beef, and but I think Arby's has the best fish sandwich out there. When I was in grad school, I met a buddy. He had, he had never lived outside of Alabama and South Carolina, and he moves up, and we meet in Bloomington, and I'm like, hey, man, uh, Lent's coming up. Get ready for those fish sandwich ads, and he's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, no, you know, it's February. You're going to start seeing those fish sandwich ads. I, I thought of that the other day, Dan, when I saw the first Arby's fish sandwich ad uh, <laughs> pop up. Gee, I wonder why that's happening. All right. Well, we'll get him out of here. Jay Davis at Jay Davis underscore 1981 on Twitter. Go check out all of his stuff there with Cranes Detroit. Jay, we appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Jay. I'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks. All right. There you go, Jay Davis. Oh, you know, they have the fish sandwich and fries for five bucks at Arby's right now. Um, yep. But I'll tell you what you can eat on Thursday, even – if you are observing Lent, is Wing Zone. We thank Adam and his staff for stopping by today and dropping off Wing Zone catering to ESPN Louisville. What a seamless transition. Chop, stop by that new Dixie Highway uh, Wing Zone location located right in front of Holy Cross High School. And uh, it's perfect for lunch, dinner, game watch parties, whatever you're working on. Wingzone.com. Go ahead and order online. Wingzone.com. Tons of deals on the website. So go check that out. Three high area locations. That Dixie Highway location I mentioned. Poplar level right next to Audubon Park. And then, of course, in Hikes Point. As well, uh, when we come back, Dan and I will discuss fast food. You won't want to miss it here on ESPN 680-1057. Welcome back to Dan Issel and Louis Rebeau on ESPN 680 and 1057. Now, here's Dan and Louie. And this is the last segment for this Thursday morning. And, of course, the last hour of the show is brought to you by Delta Dental of Kentucky. Whether you're looking for dental coverage for your employees or an individual or family policy, Delta Dental of Kentucky has you covered with a nationwide network of dentists. Plus, they offer Delta Vision, a comprehensive vision plan through VSP. Enrolling in a dental or vision plan is simple. You can call them at 1-800-955-2030, or you can visit them online at ky.deltadental.com. All right, right, Lewis. All right, so... I, I just I saw this and I thought this is something that every single person can relate to. Are these landmark restaurants that used to have very specific things uh, associated with them? Uh, when you were uh, a younger man, Dan, the the McDonald's had the big arch, right? Yep. Remember that the, the, the golden arches, oh, yeah. and and they would and they had a sign out front that that told you how many millions of yes. hamburgers they had sold. <laughs> yes. Now, I think that that also has gone away. Well, uh, they we, went over we, a billion, and so they, they, they yeah, literally they just, just says go, billions they and just billions. Go billions and billions <laughs> sold. But it used to be, no, it used, to, it used to be a thing. You drove, oh, wow, they sold another million hamburgers. Um, <laughs> and, and, right. and, Louis, I can remember when, you know, I'm sure there were local chains but I can remember when the only fast food national chains were McDonald's and Kentucky Fried Chicken. Oh, that sure. was it. That was it. Someone texted in that they, uh, they missed the rotating bucket on top of the KFC. That's a good one, man. Yeah, that that's, is a good one. That's a good one. Um, yeah. The one in this article that I thought about and then I had to think about the ones that are in town here is how White Castle used to not just look kind of like a castle like it does now. Like it had turrets before. I yeah. forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. 
<laughs> someone was going to come in and uh, complain about the food, they could, you know, a sniper could pick you off from the uh, from the turrets at the White Castle. <laughs> I can remember there was a time when the only place in Louisville that you could get something to eat after midnight was a White Castle in St. Matthews. Oh, Diener is screaming at the radio right now. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. yes. Yeah, and I can <laughs> I can remember like we would come home late uh from a road game, right. you know, went uh toward the end if we were playing, you know, close by, uh, close by being the Pacers or or Carolina or Virginia, we would take uh John Wise plane. Mm. And so when we did that, we could fly home after the game. And I can't tell you how many times Louie and I stopped at that White Castle in St. Matthews for for a little post-game snack. <laughs> I, um, uh, Texter coming down. These are going to start coming really quickly. Um, Texter saying there's a KFC in Marietta, Georgia that has a 30-foot-tall motorized chicken that blinks and it's its beak flaps. Oh, I love that. Um, one of my favorite follows on Twitter, Dan. I, I have never taken social media very seriously, and I probably should. Um, I'm at Louis Rabot if you want to find me on Twitter. L-O-U-I-S-R-A-B-A-U-T. Dan's at, uh, oh man, Dan Issel 44 I think, on Twitter. Um, Dan will tweet once every 18 months when uh, someone just right. Kentucky basketball. All right, that's right. One of my favorite follows is an account called Used to Be a Pizza Hut. So literally U-T-B-A-P-H. And it's just people around the country taking pictures of what used to be a red roof on a pizza hut that's now like a dentist office or a bank or a um, a Hertz rent-a-car or something like this. And it's one of my favorite accounts because it's just all these random, super random businesses that just didn't change the roof line at all. <laughs> just, just moved into the old pizza hut and that's what it is. Oh, man. So, so what's your favorite fast food restaurant? Favorite, favorite, I really like the Rally Burger at Rally's. Ooh. I think that's an underrated sort of thing. I think it's really, really good. Um, if we're traveling, we are a Taco Bell family. Because mm. our kids all like stuff on the Taco Bell menu. It's you know pretty straightforward. You can get whatever you want there. And uh, uh, Yeah, I know there that's was, not going to be on your list, but yeah. As, speaking of local, there was um, down in Florida... Uh, there was a, a much like rallies, just a little box of a store that yeah. you drive drive through. They have drive throughs on both sides, both sides of the yeah, box. Right. There was a there was a restaurant called Juicy Lucy, best hamburger, best fast food hamburger I've ever had. Ju- Juicy Lucy. So that was. Uh, but my my favorite today is uh, is Wendy's. Okay. I like I like Wendy's breakfast. I like. Uh, I like their hamburgers, um, and so that would be my favorite. Yeah, Detroit has this really great slider culture um, as well that I grew up around with Elmer's, and there was a place called Top Hat and this, uh, all this kind of stuff. And um, and so they were essentially just ripoffs of White Castle, <laughs> and just <laughs> local in Detroit, and that, that's kind of what I grew up on with my dad and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, Top Hat, man, I think, I think when I was a kid, you could get a foot-long hot dog for a quarter – and you could get a burger for like 30 cents or something. Yeah. Just um. But the, the story is very interesting. And, and it says the reason that they had all these iconic, um, you know, uh, 
Oh, he sent a picture of the Kentucky Fried Chicken chicken on the biggest boots. That <laughs> 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 thing is huge. Look at that thing. Oh, man. Where, where is it? Marietta, Georgia? Yes, it is. Yeah, And apparently it's over 50 feet tall. That's great. Oh, man. Only See, in America. And, yeah, and, and the reason <laughs> they did this is because, you know, when they first came out, you know, you were just kind of driving around the road, down the road. You know, there wasn't a lot of, you weren't inundated with a fast food commercial on TV every 30 seconds. And so they had these iconic signs and things, you know, to to, to draw you in. You know, right. you would, you'd see the golden arches and you'd say, all right, let's get some McDonald's. But uh, it, it looks like... Uh, We've kind of uh, we've kind of gone away from that, and now all the buildings look the same. Yeah, someone texting in Taco Johns. I had forgotten about Taco Johns. That was the Long John Silver's buddy thing. Someone texting is is this the V show? <laughs> Which is setting you up for the V show. Don't worry about it. Um, the uh, God Taco Johns, Arkansas, Colorado, Idaho, and they are in Kentucky. A couple of them. Uh, there's one. Oh, that's a Taco Bell. Don't, don't fool with me like that. Taco John in Owensboro, apparently. That's not helping me out. Um. <laughs> I've, to, I've told this story before when I was playing for the Colonels. Yeah. Uh, John Y. let me invest, in quotes, let me invest oh, I in a couple of his concepts. Yeah. Uh, one was called H Salt Fish and Chips, which <laughs> went away very quickly. Uh, they had a guy with a bowler and an umbrella who was supposed to be the fish and chips uh, equivalent of Colonel Sanders, uh, but that that idea went away. And then the other one was Ollie's Trolley, and there is yeah. still yep. there is still an Ollie's Trolley. It's like on Third in Kentucky, yep. in, in Louisville. I think that's the only Ollie's Trolley that is still that still exists. Whopper coming down on the text line. I actually really agree with that. I I, I think I had one in the fall, and it was excellent. Yeah, it's still very very good. Um, uh, Texter saying that they lived in Marietta for a while. Ask Dan if he remembers Ron Kennett. Ron Kennett, who he he played for? He played in the SEC, didn't he? I'm going to look it up, um, but apparently that was uh, his landlord in Marietta was Ron Kennett. Um, um, Ron Kennett played at Kentucky um, in '62 through '65, um, and he played in 16 total games. Uh, yeah, he. Um, I, I knew I had. Now heard he the may name. have been more of a baseball player, if I'm seeing this correct. Um, okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. I, he uh, he didn't have much of an impact on Kentucky basketball, but I knew I had heard the name. I didn't know that Louis Dampier played baseball at Kentucky. Yeah. yeah. Was he good? Uh, you just said you didn't know he played at <laughs> Kentucky. What does that tell you? <laughs> If he was good, oh, you man. probably would have known. Yeah. Oh man, that's funny. But yeah, no, I th- I thought it was kind of a a fun thing. I do miss the there, there's there's something about that, the silliness of the architecture, right, and and all those kinds of things. But um, apparently, there's a taco there's a taco city in Middletown. That's true. Um, that place is very close to my house, and it is very good, by the way. Um, Johnny Reb's Chick Chuck and Steak was the original name of the Marietta Chicken. It became a reference point, as in the go to the chicken and take a left. <laughs> 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 I like that a lot. Yeah, oh, that's man. funny. That's funny. Oh, God. Oh, man. How silly. All right. Well, let's. Uh, uh, I have one thing that I, we got a text about that we have to address as a station. Okay. 
because something is happening in front of us, and I think we need – you know how you kind of – you know, Dan, you get the past performances for a horse race, and you try to predict what's going to happen on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And by the way, thank you. You're welcome. I miss <laughs> A&W root beer. You got a glass mug with each order. I remember oh, that. Yeah, yeah that's a yeah. good one, too. No, that's A&W, a really good one. That's a good one. Yeah, A&W the burgers there were really great. good. Yeah, it was yeah. really good. Yeah, no, that's a good one. Mike Gandolfo is going to be sitting in for the next three Kentucky Fish and Wildlife postgame shows. Why? And then Streetle's not going to be there for Arkansas. So I need, to, I need to address the general public right now because I need them to be prepared for what's about to happen. James Striebel is quitting the Kentucky Fish and Wildlife postgame show. He is slowly moving himself out of it in the same way that he moved himself out of a podcast called Round of Shots. And if anyone listens from three to six on this station, there are no two bigger whiners than Justin Sofero and James Striebel. You would think, Dan, you would think they work in a coal mine 15 hours a day, and then they emerge covered in dust to do radio with the way they talk about their lives and how busy they are. My God. So, so wait a second. Jimmy is not going to do the He's the doing the next two, and then Mike is going to be your host for the Arkansas postgame. So does that mean Mike is moving into that spot? I assume. Because if, if round of shots is any indication, James Striebel is going to abandon it in a very serious way as fast as he can. Mm. Well, and, I'm sorry to hear. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Well, Gandalf was better at radio anyway. So there you go. Um, oh no, 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 no. So I didn't hear the show yesterday. Did Striebel suspend my uh, big BBN card? I, I think he he lightened up a little bit when he heard you singing the KU fight song and he had fun with that. <laughs> Well, I uh, in about a half hour, I will be uh, headed for Lawrence, and uh, it, good Lord willing, and the creek don't rise, <laughs> I'll be live from Lawrence, Kansas, tomorrow morning. There you go. Um, I did want to hear some of this Cal sound to, to close the show here. Avery, this is Islin Lou. We're taking to you till noon. You'll get Bob Belvano um, after <laughs> whatever. So for get out of here. Um, the um, I I. I Sofro, do you want me to go after you on, on air? Just go ahead and text back if you want me to do that, because I, I have big problems with you. Um, so the – we got a couple of sounds here. I do want to hear um, from him on using the starters for the entirety of the second half. I think that's been one of the biggest shifts in how this team has been coached. So this is Cal, too. Go ahead on using the starters. Yeah, it was a two-bucket game. Now, how fair would that have been for Adu or Damien or Lance? You know, I just it was it wasn't the kind of game that if I was going to do it, I would have done it in the first five or six minutes. But after we got by and there's 11, 10 minutes, I told the staff if I got to use a timeout to give them a break. I almost called one at 426 because I thought, OK, let's get one and let's get a long break here. But, you know, he ended up calling one, I think, at 409 when we went up nine. All right. See, I, I think that's an excellent point. I mean, if, if you think the kids are gassed, don't, don't put somebody who's not as good, especially in a close game. Don't put somebody in for them who's not as good. You get, you've got all these timeouts, and use a timeout. Let them come over and sit down and, you know, give them some instruction. And, no, that, that's a great point. I'd much rather see them. You know, and coaches, they want to you know, save the timeouts, and I understand that, but – you know, I'd much rather him call a timeout and, and give the kids a blow than than to put somebody who 
isn't nearly as good in to replace a starter. Yeah, he also talked about Oscar after the game and his performance. Obviously a very unusual um, high percentage shooting night for Oscar, only in that uh, usually he doesn't take the type of shots he took last night. He's done that. That's one of the things he can do. And I'm, what happened early in the season, he wasn't making them. Now, he had an operation. He was out four weeks, and he was out of kilter a little bit. So he missed a bunch of those. But now he's making them. If you just put him near the basket, he's got three guys around him, and it's a slugfest. It's not fair to him. So we're trying to bring him up so that he's up and down both. Start him up to push him down. Screen across, do some stuff. But the biggest thing is he's just got to keep guarding better defensively in that pick and roll one of the things i noticed dan last night that stood out and i even think i made i even went ooh uh after one of them was was the quickness with which oscar attacked the rim a couple of different times to make layups Mm. and it was something we had talked about with with ben roberts earlier in the season after the surgery was there was even oscar had talked about it there was some kind of hesitation to his game that wasn't the same as last year, where last year he would just he would just be quick. He would just make snap decisions. Yeah, and, and, and he wasn't thinking. Correct. He, he, and this year he seemed There was no decision. Right. He just went. Last yeah. night he seemed to have a couple of moments. I'm not saying the entire game or on defense or whatever, on the offensive end, where he just – he was up against an inferior guy, and, he, and instead of thinking about it, he just made a move. Yeah. And that yeah. can be very positive the next five, six games, whatever, how many they ever get here, um, if he can keep that kind of mindset on the offensive end. Well, I, I would say two things about Cal's clip. Uh, number one, he made them last night. I, I don't think you could say that he is making them now because I can remember the last time on yeah. February 4th when they played Florida and Rupp, he took a bunch of those same shots and didn't make any of them. So he, he made them last night. But how much confidence, how much confidence can you have in a shooter? And I, and I know last night was great. But when he banks one in from the top of the circle, <laughs> I, you know, when when, you, when that happens, can, are, are you saying, well, there might have been some luck involved in those other ones that he made? Maybe. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I, did you not ever have those nights, though, where even, you know, you go 13 to 20 or something and two of them are like, oh, those went in. OK, sure. You know, I mean, I imagine for. I never, I never banked a shot from the top of the circle. I, I'm, I can almost say that with certainty. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, fair enough. Um, but yeah, no, I, th- I think out of the twelve makes, I think ten of them were very obviously just good shots. So no, I, I think he had a good shooting night for sure. Um, no, yeah. there's no question about that. But my, <clears throat> for me, it's my, more my about whole that. point is my whole point is uh, you know he's not going to go uh, eleven for twelve next game. Okay. All right. Well, a reminder: uh, the Mike Gandolfo hosted Kentucky Fish and Wildlife uh, postgame show around six o'clock this Saturday. Uh, so join Jason Entz and Mike Gandolfo at six p.m. First place to take your calls, texts, and hear from John Calipari. It's all Saturday uh, here on ESPN six eighty one zero five seven and on. The app. Apparently, they're talking wrestling across the hall because I'm getting screamed at on the text line, and I am not talking about wrestling. Um, uh, so, so I um, I haven't looked this up, but given the fact that the uh, post game show is on at six, this must be like a, a four o'clock game. Look at Dan doing math. Yes, sir. Yes, it is four o'clock game. Good. <laughs> that means uh, that means I'll be out You'll of be the Kansas it. game. Yep, and uh, and and can watch the Kentucky game as well. Well, there you go. All right. Well, what's your kind of final takeaway from last night? Um, 
again, a lot of positive things. I think uh, Toppin and Livingston are playing very, very well. Uh, it was kind of a performance from Reeves. Oscar was spectacular. I'm concerned about the point guard. I thought by this time in the year, of the year, that uh, Kaysen would have taken over the point guard position and would be playing like the lottery pick that he's supposed to be. I, I didn't see a lottery pick last night. And so I'm concerned about that, and I'm concerned about the lack of depth because, as Cam said, uh, this is not sustainable. Uh, you can't these, – these kids can't play 39, 40 minutes a game uh, two or three times a week. It just won't work. All right. Uh, letter grades for each of us. I went like B minus just because I think true road games in conference, if you can just go get the win, uh, I'm at least going to be in the B range. How about you, Dan? Yeah, I'd, I'd give them a B. Uh, you know, now some of the individual performances yes, were, we're A plus. Sure. Uh, but uh, overall, yeah, I, I, I think they should have gone in there. I mean, they had it rolling, Louie. The, the first, the first two, uh, what, eight minutes of the game, seven minutes of the game, they were playing perfect. Uh, Oscar was knocking down the jump shots. The rest of them were taking to the go- the goal to the basket. And so for the first seven minutes, eight minutes, it was an A+. plus. They were ahead 30 to 15. And then it went to a D- minus real quick. <laughs> uh, it was. It is amazing, and especially in college basketball, how fast the runs just happen. I mean, how, how a team can be playing great for seven, eight minutes, and then all of a sudden just – I mean, I, I last night I thought, man, no one needs halftime to happen more than Kentucky right now. Yeah, I oh, mean, just, no. just it needs no, to happen were, right now. Yeah, they were, running on, they were running on fumes. It's unbelievable. To, to halftime. But, yeah. um, but you know, it, I, I think you can see what happened. They, As I said earlier, they, they lost track of who the shooters were on the floor, uh, number one. And, and number two, what had been so successful, I mean, you know, Florida didn't make a, a great defensive adjustment. They just stopped doing what they were doing, and that was taking the ball to the basket. So, um, you know, but as you say, a win is a win. It would have been a terrible loss if Kentucky had lost that game. They won it, and so... Well, especially to get up 15 and then give away that lead. Had they lost it in that manner, we'd be having a very different conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, well, thanks, Dan. All right. Well, this has been Isselin Louie, ESPN 680, 105.7. We'll be back again tomorrow at 10 o'clock. We hope you will be, too. Have a great day, everybody. College is a program that helps students pay for tuition, and I didn't believe it. You have to work third shift, five days a week. It's a great and rewarding thing when you graduate. I would do it all over again, just like I just did. You know those buddies who magically become medical professionals when you're not at the top of your game? The ones who say, come on, muscle through it, but then also say, hey, you should probably see my specialist. Or surgery or pain meds. It's almost always false, false, and false. Athletico's physical therapists, the same therapists who work with professional athletes, can tackle those little aches and pains from the start before they become big ones. 
So next time, don't believe everything you hear. Instead, start with Athletico. Schedule your free assessment at athletico.com.